Hey, everybody, it's your favorite podcaster, Kaylee. As always, I appreciate you making the time to listen to the show. It really means a lot to me, and I cannot express that enough. So today, we're joined by Angelique Ambers. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. All right, so let's jump on in. You're an author. Writing and publishing a book is no small feat. What made you bite the bullet and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. So for me, what made me want to move forward with publishing this work is that I feel like it's relatable to so many different people of all different backgrounds, economic groups, races, because even um, the book really, it's about my lessons that I've learned in love through the absence of my father, and then my move towards forgiveness, and then self-love which I think is something a lot of individuals can relate to, even if you necessarily didn't have an absent father. A lot of individuals have strained relationships with their father, which has ultimately shaped their adult relationships and not just romantic relationships, but even friendships. So I wanted to explore that further so that people could take a moment and think about what in their past has um, created these kind of conditions within themselves that, you know, flows onto their adult relationships and what can they do to move forward with maybe unlearning some of those behaviors or um, healing from some of that trauma. Absolutely. Understood. And your book is a collection of poems inspired by your journey to self-love. And the question Mm -hmm. I have is twofold. What have you learned about self-love and what are some acts of self-love that we may not consider as such? So what I've learned about self-love is that until I fully love myself and actually learned how to love myself through my flaws and through my mistakes, I was looking to find my identity through the lenses of other people. And I was also looking to um, find my self-worth through other people. And that actually created um, things that I had to unlearn, like people pleasing. Because when you are so used to trying to find your identity through others, you form to be whatever you think people want you to be at the moment, when, um, you know, because you just want them to like you or you want to be accepted. So I had to realize that it actually created a lot of flaws within myself, even being timid. You know, I often... Um, even now, I'm still unlearning that behavior of holding my tongue just because I don't want to make anyone upset or I don't want people to like me less. And through self-love, I learned that when people genuinely care about you, it doesn't matter what you say or what you do, um, they will still find a way to, you know, forgive and realize, you know, that, hey, you're only human. So I really think that self-love for me helped me realize that I don't have to be this person that other people want to be, want me to be. I can just be myself. Um, Behaviors that are self-love that people probably don't even think about are things like, you know, eating breakfast, you know, taking care of your body, making sure that you're, um, you know, just eating and, you know, starting your day off right, setting the tone for your day. Um, Even things as simple as, and I know people don't think this, but people get to low places where they don't even take care of their hygiene or they don't do basic things. So that's something that's also self-love because when you, um, you know, wake up, you, you take care of yourself, you feel good about your appearance, you present yourself differently to the world and you carry yourself differently. Um, and then even forgiveness. Forgiveness is a big one because I don't think that people necessarily think of forgiveness as self-love, but it is because you have to one, forgive others. But most of 
importantly, you have to forgive yourself. Sometimes we get into this cycle where um, we keep replaying old situations and past mistakes. And it, it makes us think, oh, I'm not worthy of these things or these opportunities because if I wouldn't have done this in the past or if I would have done this differently, then I would be further. But just because you've made a few wrong turns, it doesn't mean that you're exempt from, you know, the best and, um, you know, a life of abundance. Absolutely. Um, you hit a lot of great points there and I just want to touch on some of them. Um, but yeah, in terms of... Yeah, just thinking about how you mentioned you would sometimes bite your tongue. And there was a tweet that I saw on Twitter and they were like, you know, something that I recently realized I spend so much time worrying and trying to make other people feel comfortable that in the end, I'm the one left uncomfortable. And I think that's something like you mentioned that we need to tackle. We need to stop biting our tongue and we need to stop holding back because it is, you know, at the expense of ourselves. So I definitely agree with that. And then you also mentioned... I mean, just on a related note, really, it made me think about that Khalees song, Bossy, where she was like, you don't have to like me, but you will respect me. And so that's just something else that I thought about. Um, just a little fun moment for what you were saying. And then the last thing you were talking about, forgiving yourself. That is just so important. And just what I've learned through experiences and speaking with other people, it's just so important. And we don't realize it, but we really need to be kind to ourselves. We preach about being kind to others, but we really need to also work on also being kind to ourselves and extending grace to ourselves and stop judging ourselves because we're very harsh and often we're our own worst critics. So no, I thought she hit on a lot of great things. And I just wanted to mention a few things in addition to that. Yes, thank you. And yes, I totally agree. We have to give ourselves grace. We're so critical of ourselves of, you know, wanting to be uh, you know, flawless, or even with having ideas of where we should be at at certain ages and points of our lives. And we just have to realize that, um, you know, life happens and circumstances change, but we have to be willing to say, you know what, um, I may have made that mistake or, you know, things didn't really go as planned, but I'm still going to keep going. And you have to forgive yourself in order to keep going. Otherwise, you'll spend so much time talking yourself out of what you really deserve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, that's definitely true. Um, I've had to, like, I feel like for me, um, I've had this whole vision of what my life is going to look like. And I'm nowhere near that. Like, for me, first off, I was going to be a lawyer. I am nowhere near in the legal field. I went to law school and I was like, that's not for me. Like that wasn't the path. I was supposed to be married at 25 and first kid by like 27. I turned 27. I do not have a kid right now and I'm happy with that. Um, so life really doesn't follow this preconceived path that we have and it's okay. And that's something else that I want to tell people, it's okay to start over. It's okay to change paths. It's okay to shift and mold. Like you said, we're not stuck to this preconceived path. Things go as they should, and we just have to trust in that timing and just that divine nature of it all. So definitely hitting on some great things, girl. So thank you. Your work is also inspired by your journey working through your relationship with your absentee father. A goal of my show is to make everyone feel seen, heard, and connected. A lot of us have a difficult or complicated relationship with our fathers, myself included, or complicated relationships with parents in general. And just tell us a little bit about your experience. 
my experience was one where I really didn't have a relationship growing up with my father. And even um, now we don't really have that close relationship or um, we haven't really developed that. Um, I was raised by my grandmother and my father was in and out of jail for the majority of my life. And so he just really wasn't present for me. We never really developed that, you know, bond of even still being able to connect after the fact. Um, but at least he is aware of how I feel and that, you know, his absence did affect me. So we have at least had that conversation, which did help me a lot. Um, but as far as my relationship with my father, because he wasn't present and because I didn't actually have a father figure in my life, um, I feel like my the love that I got from men often came through romantic relationships. And so I based most of, um, you know, how men viewed me or how I thought a man should view me. I actually based a lot of that on my interactions with you know, my own boyfriends and things like that. But the issue with not having the love from my father, the issue that poured into my romantic relationships was that I found myself accepting things that I know that I didn't need to accept or that I didn't deserve because I just didn't want the person to leave or I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to feel that love from a man. So I often found myself um, being in relationships where they, they may have been abusive. I was in one abusive relationship um, for many years just because I felt like, you know, this person really loves me. He wants to know what I'm doing, where, where I'm at. And I thought that that was love because, you know, in my eyes, my father never thought about what I was doing or what was really going on with me. So that must have been what love looked like from a man. Um, and so it just caused me to continue in that relationship with it, you know, going from being controlling to then ultimately becoming uh, physically abusive. And so it, it led me kind of in that cycle of thinking, well, you know, this must be how men act because, you know, I didn't really have an ex uh, expectancy of what a man should do for me or how he should behave. Um, I just automatically assumed, you know, that he loved me so much and that's why he got upset or that's why he wanted to know what I was doing and where I was at all the time. Um, and then even with this kind of like uh, people pleasing and kind of timidness that I developed, um, even in friendships, my just always being kind of a yes woman. I always was that person that I feel like people could count on to say yes, like, oh, you know, call me at 2 a.m. and you need a ride and I'm getting out of my bed, even though I don't really feel like it, but I'm doing it because I want people to like me, you know, um, stuff like that it made me kind of develop this thing where I thought that if I said no, that people suddenly would just not want to be a part of my life anymore. Um, so it was just a need to be validated and needed a need to constantly be liked and accepted by other people that kind of caused me to always be that, like I said, yes woman. And it can get really draining doing that, you know, constantly bending and folding for other people until you really become exhausted. And that's the point that I got to where I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And because of that, I then was able to move forward with um, learning to say, you know what, it's okay to say no. And I can't keep on draining myself and depleting myself in the process because I learned that when times came about where I needed people, 
sometimes they were there, but sometimes people told me no, and I wasn't upset with them. So I found that um, I had to raise my voice and speak out for myself and not be worried that it was going to cause people not to like me or not to want to be around me and stuff like that. So um, just really my journey with not having a father, I feel like it kind of made me um, feel like I had to do these things to be accepted because my father didn't want to be around and it must have been something that caused that. And so I didn't know if it was just like, I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, maybe it was my mom or maybe it was my family who was too, you know, rude or whatever the case may be. So um, it just kind of developed those things inside of me that I had to unlearn. Absolutely. And one thing I want to say, I am so glad and happy to hear that you've gotten out of that abusive relationship and that you're not forced to deal with those things anymore. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you so much. Yes, me too. And it was a journey because um, when you are in that relationship, because a lot of times, and even before I had been that person that was like, oh, I would, I would never let someone do that to me or um, do this or that. But it's a lot harder once you're in that situation. Um, so I'm definitely glad that I moved forward and realized one that I deserve better and that I was worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you highlighted that because that's the thing. People really do think like, oh, that'll never happen to me. One thing I've learned in life, don't ever assume that something cannot and will not happen to you. Mm -hmm. And you never know. You just never know. And People sometimes like to say they pray on the week. I don't think it's always they pray on the week. Like anybody can be a victim of verbal or physical or financial, any other type of abuse. Anyone can be like, there's no, you know, they don't pick like it's, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like something's wrong with them because they've gone through that experience because that's not the mm -hmm. case at all and like you said like until you're in that position until you're in that place until you walked in those shoes you can't say what you will be what you will do and all those things so thank you for putting oh, yeah. that out absolutely yeah it's completely different when you're in a situation and I I think that's just part of human nature we are we can be judgmental sometimes and we're like oh no I would never deal with that but it's it's different when you're experiencing it so that's why I try to remember as well um, that you know you never truly know what something is like until you experience it mm -hmm. absolutely and your book it's called lessons taught by daddy if you would please give the audience a sneak peek by reading two of your poems. So the book Lessons Taught by Daddy is broken into three parts. Um, the first part is more the loneliness and abandonment. Um, tonight, I'm actually, or today, I should say, sorry, I'm going to read um, two poems, but one is going to be from the section Letting Go, which is part two of the book. And then the last poem that I'm going to read is from the section Self-Love. So um, this one is called Greenless Windows. I love you. The words fall from your lips with ease. I force a smile all the while remembering he left without looking back. So for that poem, um, it's part of letting go, but in that poem, it's really me, um, hearing those words from, uh, obviously, a man that I was in a relationship with, and then realizing that 
in hearing I love you, I always felt like, you know, how you love me, but when does the love end? Like, you know, when is this person going to leave or when are they going to change? Because my dad obviously wasn't there and it, and he, he claimed to have loved me as well. So that's why um, in that piece, I just kind of explore, you know, hearing those words and just kind of thinking like, well, what does it really mean? You know? So this poem is titled Declaration. Um, and this is from the self-love portion of the book. Validation is what I sought. Weave, lashes, clothes, what I bought. Wanting to be told I'm beautiful. A mere compliment was suitable. But still my whole being craved to be loved. My emotions pushed and shoved. Depending on others' views of me. Boxed in on what I could be. Until I took a moment to decree. Opinions don't define me, that's key. For a masterpiece is just that. Even without viewers, it's a fact. I don't have to be celebrated. No need for applause to feel elevated. I took time to learn my own worth. In a sense, it was a whole rebirth. I was joyously born again, working through my hurt, my heart I did mend, finally feeling whole, even down in my soul. I could utter the words confidently. Damn, I love me. So those are those two pieces. Awesome. Thank you. I love it. I'm a huge fan of poetry, books, writing, all of that. So I love it. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for allowing me to. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to end the interview on a really fun note. So I would like to play music trivia. So I'm going to read the lyrics for three songs and I want you to guess the song and the artist. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So song number one, here are the lyrics. Since 15 and my stilettos been strutting in this game, what's your age was the question they ask when I hit the stage. I'm a diva. Best believe when you see how she getting paid. She ain't calling him to greet her. Don't need him. Her bed's made. Is it Beyonce? Mm-hmm. And the song? <laughs> uh, Beyonce Diva. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and fun fact, this is like one of my like most favorite songs by her. Like for some reason, this song just connects with me on a spiritual level. And um, another like fun, perhaps lame fact about me. Um, like I've been to three of her concerts, both of the On the Runs and um, the Formation Tour. And when she does diva, there's just so many different parts that I do the choreography with while I'm in the stands. So um, there's a part where she said no passengers on my plane and she does like this plane movement. And I totally did that in the stands. And I just do that around the house or when I'm around family. They just know exactly what I'm doing. So I'm a huge Beyonce fan. But anyways. Oh, me too. That's why I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yes i am beehive all the way yes i love beyonce she's she's queen bee for sure <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so you got a point we're gonna shift to round two with the second song all right so here are the lyrics children running through the house sorry children running through the house to my art all black ancestors on the wall let the ghost chit chat ancestors on the wall let the ghost chit chat Hold my hands. We're going to pray together. Oh, goodness. 
Um, I honestly do not know. This is actually another Beyonce song. So, oh. <laughs> yes, it is her most, like, I guess, recent drop. Um, Her song, Black Parade, that she dropped, I think, around maybe oh. Juneteenth. From, is it from Black is King? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that song. I feel like it's underrated. So I like, I'm not going to slide that in here. I choose these based off of what title recommends on my mix. And I was like, yep, we're going to choose to include this one. I wanted to get. No, <laughs> that's awesome. And I, and I loved, I, I probably should familiarize myself more with the. Just so you know, if you were talking, I missed like the last bits. I don't hear anything right now. Oh, sorry. Um, I love the visuals from Black is King. Like, she went all out. It was so beautiful. Like, literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved it as well. And I'll admit, like, when the Lion King, the gift album first came out, I slept on it. I'm not even going to lie. But when she released that visual and a little bit before that actually I say a few months before the visual but it was definitely cemented with the visual I realized how beautiful that album is how it just really speaks to your inner being as a person as a black person and mm -hmm. I can go on all day but some of my favorites that I still keep in rotation find your way back already um brown skin girl yeah. water all of, like yeah I just love the whole album really but you know anyways <laughs> Yes, no, she's a creative genius. Like, that was so beautiful. Mm hmm absolutely. Cool. So now we will do the last round and the last song. So for this one, I'm going to give a little bit more lyrics because this song is a little underrated, so. <laughs> okay. All right. Other girls just can't compare. I'm highly recommended. Don't need a second opinion. You'll be all better, baby, once I'm finished. So be a good patient and be patient say under my observation and holler back if you want it i know you never had a girl quite like me and then the second portion of lyrics check check calling patient 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 number one make sure that you sound out your number when you're done make sure you grab a sucker on the way out the door and make sure your next appointment and come back and get some more or rather, the last line is actually, and make your next appointment and come back and get some more. So what's the song? And who's the singer? Oh, my goodness. Is it Kelly Rowland? It is not, but the artist is actually friends with Kelly Rowland. Okay. Carrie Hill. It is not. So I'm going to reveal. Okay. So the artist is Sierra. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? How did I not get that one? Okay, so no, it's totally okay. This is totally understandable because this is from one of her albums that the label that she used to be signed to didn't really promote is from the Fantasy Ride album. And that one is so underrated. So I wanted to pull a song from there. And the song is called Like a Surgeon. And I used to love it. And it got recommended to me on title and I fell in love all over again. And I've literally played it every day for like the last three weeks. So I wanted to show it some love on the show and show Sierra some love. Yes, I love Sierra. Um, and I definitely, I'm going to listen to that song because I don't think I heard it before. 
it's a great song. I'm telling you, like, you'll love it. Like, it's just, it's very catchy. Like, I was trying my hardest. I started reading the lyrics in, like, the tune and melody and beat. And I was like, no, like, I got, I'm trying to just read them. Like, I was, like, giving it away. But I was just, like, hearing it in my head. So, yeah, cool. Thank you for playing along and appearing on the show today. So much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, and I just really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Okay, everybody, stay tuned as there is much more so after this break. We're going to discuss attachment styles and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, everybody, we are back. I know that was a super quick break. But yeah, like I mentioned, I want to discuss attachment styles. And I don't know if I've ever discussed it on the show before. But if I have, I know it's been at a minimum level and I really want to dive into it because I feel like it relates to my life. And I know that some of you may relate as well. And it'll help you better understand yourself and maybe fix some things that are going on. So let's talk attachment styles. <laughs> so what is attachment? So attachment is a bond that we form with our first primary caregiver, usually a parent. And it's a universal human phenomenon that starts early in the womb. And the way we develop it eventually affects the way we find, keep, and end relationships. If you've noticed a pattern of unhealthy and emotionally challenging behaviors in your love life, you might benefit from digging deep and exploring the way you attach to people in intimate relationships. So that there are four types of attachment styles and people from early in life, they tend to generally keep these into their adulthood. So jumping into the first style, anxious preoccupied. So the anxious attachment style, the partner is often seen as the better half. The thought of living without the person or being alone in general causes high levels of anxiety. This type of attachment is associated with a high self, I'm sorry, with a negative self-image, but also with a positive view of others. The anxious and preoccupied type of person often seeks approval, support, and responsiveness from their partner. And people with this attachment style, they value their relationships highly, but are often anxious and worried that their loved one is not as interested in the relationship as they are. A strong fear of abandonment is present, and safety is a priority. The attention, the care, and responsiveness of the partner appear to be the remedy, air quotes, for anxiety. On the other hand, the absence of support and intimacy can lead to the anxious, preoccupied type to become more clingy and demanding and preoccupied with the relationship and desperate for love. And unlike securely attached couples, People with an anxious attachment style um, tend to be desperate to form a fantasy bond. And that's something I want to look into. What is a fantasy bond? But anyways, instead of feeling real love or trust towards their partner, they often feel emotional hunger. They're frequently looking for their partner to rescue or complete them. Although they're seeking a sense of safety and security by clinging to their partner, they take actions that in fact may just push the partner away. And even though anxiously attached individuals act desperate or insecure, more often than not, their behavior exacerbates their own fears. When they feel unsure of their partner's feelings and unsafe in the relationship, they often become clingy, demanding, or possessive, as mentioned before. I'm pulling from two different resources here, by the way. But yeah, they may also interpret independent actions by their partner as affirmation of their fears. For example, if their partner starts socializing more with friends, they may think, see, he doesn't really love me. This means he's going to leave me. I was right not to trust him. Now, I believe in being honest and transparent on this show and in life as much as possible while also keeping some of my business to myself. 
Um, but I can honestly say, and it is what it is, I do have that anxious, preoccupied style. But I also kind of dip into other styles that I'll mention coming up. So shifting to the next um, attachment style, remember there's four. So the second one is dismissive avoidant. People with dismissive avoidant attachment have the tendency to emotionally distance themselves from their partner. They may seek isolation and feel pseudo-independent, taking on the role of parenting themselves, so to speak. They often come off as focused on themselves and may be overly attending to their crate, sorry, their creature of their creature comforts. The dismissing avoidant type would often perceive themselves as lone wolves, strong, independent, and self-sufficient, not necessarily in terms of physical contact, but rather on an emotional level. These people have high self-esteem and a positive view of themselves. The dismissing avoidant type, they tend to believe that they don't have to be in a relationship to feel complete. They do not want to depend on others. They have others depend on them, or they seek support and approval in social bonds. And adults with this attachment style generally avoid emotional closeness and they tend to hide and suppress their feelings when faced with a potentially emotionally dense situation. All right, the third attachment style, disorganized fearful avoidant. A person with a fearful avoidant attachment lives in an ambivalent state in which they are afraid of getting both too close or too distant from others. They attempt to keep their feelings at bay, but they're unable to. They can't just avoid their anxiety or run away from their feelings. Instead, they are overwhelmed by their reactions and often experience emotional storms. They tend to be mixed up or unpredictable in their moods. They see their relationships from the working model that you need to go towards others to get your needs met. But if you get too close to others, they will hurt you. So that's their mindset. In other words, the person that they want to go for, for safety, is the same person that they're actually frightened to be close to. As a result, they have no organized strategy for getting their needs met by others. And as adults, these individuals tend to find themselves in rocky, dramatic relationships with many highs and lows. They often have fears of abandonment, but also struggle with being intimate. They may cling to their partner when they feel rejected, then feel trapped when they are close. Oftentimes, the timing seems to be off between them and their partner. A person with fearful, um, avoided attachment may even wind up in abusive relationships. The disorganized type tends to show unstable and ambiguous behaviors in their social bonds. And for adults with this type of attachment, the partner and the relationship themselves are often the source of both desire and fear. So fearful avoidant people who do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time experience trouble, trusting, and depending on others. They do not regulate their emotions and avoid strong emotional attachment due to their fear of being hurt. And I just want to say I see parts of myself in that one too as well. And I'm going to tap into the secure attachment style just in a moment. But I just want you to use this as a starting point to learn more about these attachment styles and to just think and reflect on yourself. Um, again, self-improvement is definitely a goal and a mission of this show. And there's so many quizzes online that you can take to find out your attachment style. So anyways, jumping into the last one, so secure. When a person has a secure attachment style, they feel confident in their relationship and their partner. They feel connected, trusting, and comfortable with having independence and letting their partner have independence, even as they openly express love. They reach out for support when they need it and offer support when their partner is distressed. And this type of attachment style, it starts early in life where a child feels like their parent is a secure base. So even though they're happy to be with their mom or dad, they also feel confident enough to explore the world on their own. 
kids who grow up this way when their parents themselves are securely attached people. And when they use an authoritative parenting style, meaning they're involved and firm, but also warm and allow independence. These types of things and mannerisms by parents help people and help their children become more secure as a child and as they go into their adult relationships, you know. So, yeah, the three attachment styles that I mentioned above are insecure attachment styles. They are characterized by difficulties with cultivating and maintaining healthy relationships. In contrast, a secure attachment style implies that a person is comfortable expressing emotions openly. Adults with a secure attachment style can depend on their partners and in turn, let their partners rely on them. These relationships are based on honesty, tolerance, and emotional closeness. The secure attachment style, they thrive in their relationships, but they also don't fear being on their own. They do not depend on the responsiveness or approval of their partners and tend to have a positive view of themselves or others. So that's just a little bit more about this attachment style. I hope that you found this helpful. I hope that you're learning. Um, I just wanted to bring that out there because I know it's been helpful for me in understanding myself. So I'm hoping that it'll be helpful for you all. So take a quiz, find out which one belongs to you. Awesome. So just wrapping up the episode, I want to talk about a few things. So I want to talk about I want to talk about my recent doctor's appointment first. So I went to the doctor and let me tell you, I was terrified, openly terrified. I just want people to feel like not alone. And so I'm going to share my personal story. I was terrified to go to the doctor. One, I mean, I kind of have like a general distrust of doctors. But second, it was mostly because in the past, I've gone to the doctors and they haven't listened to me. They haven't believed me. They haven't taken anything I've seen said seriously. And I know in part it's because I'm a black woman. That's just how it is. And so I was absolutely terrified, just dreading it all week, just anxious, all of that. But you know what? I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fight for myself. I'm going to show up for myself even when others don't. So I had this whole list prepared um, of everything that I wanted to talk about. And I mentioned every single thing on the list. And there were some things where I'm like, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. You know, it can wait to the next visit. I'm not going to mention it. But no, something inside was like, no, yo, mention this. And just with my appointment, you know, I actually found out something that I never suspected about myself, but totally makes sense. So, you know, I'm 27 and basically I got diagnosed with ADD and looking into it reading more into it I'm like it totally makes sense but it's something I never thought about and I mentioned my memory problems and sometimes inability to concentrate and a few other things I mentioned and that led us down that course and it's like I want everyone to advocate for themselves and just share all of their truths because you never know what you may be battling and so you have to be honest no matter how embarrassing it may be like if you're talking with your doctor that's a man let's say about some of your gynecological problems just do it don't be embarrassed just straight up like we can't let these because that's the thing it's rooted in society we make certain things a taboo but you have to be honest to save yourself you know so yeah I mean that was just a moment for me to realize that yeah they truly share everything and you just never know And it was also rewarding because I had a doctor who actually listened to me and took me seriously. And so now we're on a track to where I hopefully feel like I'll be better and my best self and it'll really help me towards healing. So I just want to encourage people to go to the doctor, advocate themselves, be proactive about your health. Of course, if you allow it, if you have the money, if it's accessible, accessible, um, all of those things. And so I just want to mention that. And there's, you know, there's no shame in it 
at all, whether you're talking about some mental health issues or like I said, gynecological issues, just be real. It doesn't matter. Like you're paying them. Remember, you're lining their pockets. So they need to listen to you. They need to listen to you fully. And my advice is even if you weren't hurt before, don't let that make you give up, you know, because it almost made me give up. And I'm grateful that I didn't. Now I have someone who listens to me, who's taking me seriously. And like I said, hopefully I'm getting on a better path. So yeah, on the last thing I wanted to address in this episode is the election. So thank God, praise him um, to use a little green leaf. God is good all the time. You know, Joe Biden is not a perfect individual. There are many flaws with him. But we all know that 45 was just horrific and dangerous on another level. So I'm so glad. I'm so grateful for everybody who turned out. I'm grateful for Stacey Abrams and her work. I'm grateful for all those people that she also tagged um, in her tweet, which also shows her gracefulness, her humbleness. And she acknowledged all of the help that she received. I'm grateful for everyone who turned out and voted and who did the right thing. I'm just so grateful do I think it's going to be like a super revolutionary, you know, um, presidency? I mean, not necessarily, but I'm going to be hopeful about it. I'm going to be optimistic. I think that they see that they have to switch some things around now. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just so glad that I don't have to deal with that. We as a country don't have to deal with four more years because this man has dismantled and done damage to so much and definitely racial justice and equity. I'm not going to say equality. Equity is a better phrase. It's definitely number one on the agenda. But we do need to worry about climate change. y'all. Like these are things we need to worry about, too. There's so many different things. And men, yes, you need to worry about women's rights, not policing their bodies, but letting them have the freedom you know, to choose for themselves what they want to do with their bodies. I mean, we need to worry about how some policies affect those who are disabled. You know, we need to think about so much beyond ourselves. And Trump is just going to destroy anybody who isn't like upper crust, white and rich, you know, and people were talking about like Biden's tax cuts, you know, like, let me tell you, those who are worried about Biden and his tax plan, y'all don't have headboards for your mattresses you only have one pillow or you're working all these odd jobs like you're not salary you're not this you're not that like no shade no hate but i just want to say that a lot of y'all complaining are nowhere near the bracket okay that would be targeted okay and yet and still what people don't realize the republicans passed a tax act i can't remember if it's 2017 2018 one of those years that's actually about to go in effect into next year and early next year i believe and that is going to actually affect the middle working class and the lower class it's going to affect you it's going to affect me that's the money and the taxes that you need to be worried about read educate yourself know what you're talking about like yeah i'm going to mention that guy on twitter talking about the second constitution he obviously meant the second amendment um but let's talk about how just the ignorance of the language and people talking about like they haven't seen any tangibles of the taxes and people are like okay roads you know infrastructure those are things just be smart be educated and if you don't have anything good to say anything educated to say you know just don't say nothing at all and at the same time if you do say something be open to hearing you know the truth or educated response be open don't just be loud wrong and maintain the ignorance so 
that's all I wanted to say but I want to just give you a few updates on the upcoming episode I'm going to be on a brief hiatus for a week so in the meantime there's over 70 episodes that I'm sure you might have missed an episode or two to listen to so definitely do that um, share it with your friends all those things but anyways I want to do an update so in terms of the next episode there have been some instances of police brutality that I want to cover and so I'm going to do that um, and there's so much more I look forward to in the next episode but I just want to leave you with that that you'll be informed of more of what's going on in our community and I also want to say that I have a few upcoming ventures I want to focus on which is why I'm taking this week hiatus so I have two books that I'm writing one is finished um, for the most part I have to read like the last 10% of it but it's mostly finished and there's another one that I'm working on that's like maybe 10% done but either way that first one I'm aiming to publish soon and I'm just hoping that you'll buy it um, and then another update I have an EP on the way so a lot of creative things going over here um, I just hope you support me I just really appreciate just you listening to this episode and I hope you support me in the other ways as well and yeah, that wraps it up. And I want to quickly explain. You may hear me say grow, glow, and know at the end of every episode. And I want to quickly explain what that means. Grow, the episode, every episode I do is aimed at growth in some way. Whether it's you growing um, as an individual on a personal level, growing in your career, you know, growing in terms of self-love, growing as an artist, as a creative, all of that. That's why I say grow glow that's just the emphasis of it where you're really sparking you're really shining that you're taking these things and becoming your best your best self and then the no is just the knowledge so when I say that I want you to understand what I'm going with so yeah with all that said just look forward to the next episode look forward to any updates on other creative ventures and take care of yourself be safe wear your mask do the right thing in life <laughs> find peace find joy in this world um, to quote Beyonce and find your way back, don't let this life drive you crazy. So with that said, grow, glow, and know I love you all. Thank you so much, and I'll see you soon.